The glory of God is man fully alive. And the glory of man is the vision of God. These words from St. Irenaeus help to illuminate the historical event of the transfiguration of our Lord. Jesus Christ, true man, becomes radiant upon the heights of Mount Tabor. Jesus Christ, true God, reveals his divinity to the eyes of Peter, James, and John. Our Lord both reassures his apostles of his divinity and reveals the glory that awaits them in heaven, the same glory that awaits us in heaven. And one of those witnesses to that glory, St. John the Beloved, writes in his epistle, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We cannot be the best version of ourselves now. The best version of ourselves awaits us in heaven and at the resurrection of the body. What we will be, if we are truly alive, is like Christ. And this happens by our gazing upon the furnace of his truth and his love. Longing for this fulfillment, the psalmist sings out, of you my heart speaks, you my glance seeks. Hide not your face from me. The world believes fullness of life rests in facing your fears, feeling the fullness of your emotions or gaining social capital. And these are not evil, these are good. But these are, these are goods of this life. Finite, limited, and utterly incapable of giving you true glory. And this is why thrill seekers are constantly throwing themselves out of planes, dancing on precipices, risking their life. Because the adrenaline always fades. but the exhilarating beatific vision abides forever. The church turns our gaze to the transfigured Christ every year during the second Sunday of Lent. The radiating glory of Jesus should blind us to the glory of this world. There's nothing more beautiful, more good, or more true in this mortal life than what our Lord is offering us in the life to come. The victory of the cross is worth any loss we experience in this life. And this reality is meant to spurn us on in our penitential observances this Lent. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving can wear us down, or simply they can humble us. It's humiliating when you're chowing down on corned beef to realize it's 
Friday, and you're really given the opportunity to complete your meal or to put it aside. Yet in facing kind of the grind of whatever penitential practices you're taking on or simply just observing the fast and abstinence that the church offers, this isn't an obstacle to you really growing during Lent. If you fail, if you did eat that corned beef willingly, you can seek the Lord's forgiveness in the confessional. Um, If you simply are frustrated with your incapacities or struggles, you can grow in the truth of our, our humble condition in this life. Scripture says the corruptible body weighs down the soul and the earthly dwelling preoccupies the mind busy with many thoughts. Yet the transfiguration promises us a body unlike this. St. Paul says the Lord Jesus Christ will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. That means we have to seek him out in our daily observances, in our struggles, in our failures. And we need to ask him for the wisdom that only comes from him, that we might not lose sight of where we're moving towards this Lenten season. With that wisdom, we can say with St. Paul, the sufferings of this life are not to be compared with the future glory to be revealed in us. And where he also says, that which is a passing light tribulation in this life produces in us a degree of glory beyond measure for the life to come as we contemplate the things that are unseen, not those that are seen. Hoping in future glory means not seeing the glory now. And this constrains our faith. Like Abraham, who believed in God as the sun set, and terrifying darkness encircled him, we too are called to see through the obscurity of the visible things of this life to the deep abiding reality of the invisible glory of Jesus Christ, who abides with us here, now, and always. And it's a a wonderful thought to imagine ourselves on top of Mount Tabor with the three apostles, to really see that glory, see the divinity of Christ. It's there that obscurity disperses, the clouds part. But the Church Fathers actually teach us that this glorified body of Christ on Mount Tabor is still imperfect. It's still awaiting something. Christ longed for his exodus that he speaks of on Mount Tabor. He longs for the passion 
to accomplish the Father's will, to endure suffering for the sake of his beloved. And that glory remains with him in the five wounds of his passion. The glorified, crucified body of Jesus Christ is the body which he wishes to conform us to. And when we enter into that, that spiritual reality, when our daily sufferings, whatever they may be, and we give them to him in this Mass, in our prayers, in our penitential practices, and we conform our lives to him, or rather allow him to conform our lives to him, we too will share in that crucified glory the marks of love. Soon upon this altar, Father will make present that glorified body, body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. In receiving the heavenly food, we don't conform it to ourselves like ordinary food, but rather this food conforms us to it. We're transformed. So look with the eyes of faith for seeing God in seeing God lies your glory. Receive the bread of life so that you may be fully alive and God may be glorified. <laughs>